Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. Today, Ashley and I are sitting down and discussing nutrition and overall health. This conversation was inspired by a post that EC Simkowski put out with Optimize Me Nutrition. If you don't know EC, you don't know Optimize Me Nutrition, check them out on Instagram, Facebook. They have awesome content and she really does an amazing job on the nutrition side of things, presenting in a way that is easily digestible, easily comprehended, and really can help you make some changes in your life. Now, with this talk, what we're looking at are really six total factors and how those influence your health and how two of them are a little more specific to nutrition and why you should really focus on those and hone those in before you try to start getting into anything else on that front. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Reach out should you have any questions. Shoot us a DM, send us an email, whatever it is, and we'll be happy to chat with you. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, and we're back. It is Ballistic Performance Radio, and this is episode number 14. Ash, can you believe we have made it this far? (laughs) No, I literally can't believe we're already on episode 14. We're killing it. We've been doing it every week, recording these. We haven't even, I think the only week we missed was the week we were on vacation. Yeah, and we did it beforehand. (laughs) Exactly, so we technically haven't missed any. Well, I'm proud of us, but we're going to get into what we're going to talk about so no one shuts this off already because we need them to listen and then (laughs) potentially provide us a review at the end, a little five-star review. So guys, we're back and today what we're going to talk about is a discussion or sort of like a Q&A that we saw on Instagram that was provided by E.C. Sinkowski. E.C. is the founder of Optimize Me Nutrition. If you don't know what Optimize Me Nutrition is, if you don't know who E.C. is, go follow her on Instagram, search her name, E.C. Sinkowski, or just search Optimize Me Nutrition. Give them a follow. They put out a ton of good content, and we're going to actually talk about uh, an awesome piece that she did either today or yesterday. I'm not quite sure. But what it was, was it was a video, she put it on IGTV, and it was answering a question she got from someone in regards to what are the five factors that move the needle in regards to nutrition. So EC started, she opened this video, um, she had a whiteboard with her, she did a great job of uh, presenting the information, and she basically said that as opposed to having five factors that influence your nutrition or quote unquote move the needle. They're really only two. And we're going to get into what those two are, but she did a great job of explaining why those two are the most important, why those two directly impact your nutrition as well as the goals that are associated with nutrition. And then she went on to explain that there are really five factors that influence your overall health or move the needle in regards to your overall health. And then she outlined those as well. And, and really, interconnected everything and presented it in a way that was super digestible. And so what I wanted to do was just basically go over that information, summarize EC's thoughts, as well as provide our own insight into the discussion and change things just a little bit uh, based on our opinions. How's that sound, Ash? I think it sounds great. All right. It's going to be awesome. So Ash is going to guide us through. We're both going to provide our insight and some information and we'll see where it takes us. Perfect. So what are the two factors to consider? So the two factors that EC outlined and which I think we both agree with, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Are quality of food and quantity of food. There's no magic formula. Like those two things are it. Those are the foundation, you know. And 
I think it's important to to hone in on those and explain why those are what matter. And I think the the main reason is that almost all nutrition related goals fall within three categories, right? And three categories being body composition, uh, health, such as like actual physical health, the yeah. health markers that we see at like a physician's office, and then performance. And so if we're talking about those three factors or those three outcomes, I should say, what the quality of food you eat and the quantities of food you eat will directly impact those three things. And so that's the number one reason that we're honing in on those three. Now, the I think the second reason that it's important to look at those is that most people experience, you know, what we'll call paralysis by analysis. There's so much misinformation and just so much information in general, even if it's accurate in regards to nutrition. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at all this and trying to digest it all, you don't know what to do. And so if we break it down and keep it super simple as in quality and quantity, now all of that noise can fade in the background and we can really start to make some changes and to, to educate some people and hopefully, um, start to see some progress and see some results. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing I would say is that, you know, the vast majority of people can't even handle those two things. When, if we are working with a client, and you know this, we're working with all of your nutrition clients, they struggle just to reel in these two things, just to eat quality real foods and to eat them in the appropriate amounts, right? Yeah, it's definitely, I think, the two sometimes hardest things to incorporate. Yeah, so if someone's struggling with just these two basic pieces, mm -hmm. why would we even attempt to start throwing other things on them? And as EC said, get lost in the minutia of all of the different, you know... Like components of... Components and just the, the physiology and everything that's associated with nutrition. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you know, in regards to that, what I wanted to ask you, Ash, was... Based off of what I just said, how most people struggle with those things, I just want to give people some context and like provide some actual like examples of when you work with clients and you ask them to log their food because you utilize MyFitnessPal so you can see what they're eating. Yeah. You know, what, what does a typical day look like before you're starting to guide them on this journey? And even once you've started to help them, you know, what are we, what are we seeing? We're not seeing great quality food right we're yeah we're seeing a struggle yeah so a lot of the times we're seeing maybe like 200 300 grams of veggies and i think that's kind of one of the biggest biggest components that we see and then the other thing is people are drinking like 20 to 30 ounces of water and that's on top of exercising so i definitely think those are the two components that we kind of look for right at the beginning. And also with that, just so we can touch on food a little bit too, like when you're looking at the types of foods they're eating, obviously yeah. they're missing their fruits and vegetables from what you just said, but it's not like, it's not good food either. Right. Or no. it's typically, it's not what we would consider quality food. Yeah. A lot of it's packaged processed food and it, I know a lot of, like nutrition coaches, or I hear like a lot of people say, well, just don't keep it in your house. But a lot of the individuals that I work with have kids and you're not gonna 
have absolutely no junk food in your house. There can't be no snacks in the house. I would freak back in the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's just not realistic to tell your clients or tell people to do that. So it's just trying to figure out how to still have those whole uh, unprocessed foods and kind of find a way to make them more appealing than what you're used to eating. Perfect. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I knew, obviously, but I think a lot of people who are coaches see that with their clients. And I think a lot of clients can relate to that and being like, well, yeah, that's my problem. Like the food's in the house. I've got a busy life, yada, yada, yada. We'll get into all of that, but just kind of wanted to preface the whole conversation with mm-hmm. that. Now, before we start diving into every other factor that uh, EC discussed and, mm-hmm. and then really looking at overall health and what influences that, I think we need to define what quality and quantity mean, at least by our standards. And I think a lot of people would agree. But when we're when we're talking about quality, when we say, hey, you need to prioritize the quality of food you're eating, you know, what what exactly are we talking about, Ash? So we're looking for real nutrient dense foods. Uh, we're trying to get meats and veggies, nuts and seeds, fruit and some starch. And not a ton of added sugars or preservatives. Preservatives. Is this a new thing I need to watch out for? Preservatives. Is it like the next aspartame? I don't know. (laughs) Not that I know of. Hopefully not. Uh, And then the biggest piece of advice that I give people when they're starting off with their nutrition is just shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is you know it's quality food if it's around the perimeter of the store, at least for the most part, if it's on the perimeter of the store and if it doesn't have like, if it's not prepackaged and labeled, right? Like a lot of real food doesn't have nutrition labels and someone out there is going to get really specific and be like, well, there's actually nutrition labels on your beef that you buy. Well, just shut up. (laughs) Like bear with me here. If you're buying fruits and vegetables, you're buying real food that's on the perimeter of the grocery store, very seldom does it have a label yeah i always recommend don't go down the aisles unless it is on your list unless it's peanut butter (laughs) what it better be on your list (laughs) (laughs) okay all right what and then uh in regards to quantity i think the easiest way to without diving down too many rabbit holes is just to group this or or say that there are multiple ways to track quantity right Mm because we can do you know, obviously with Optimize Me Nutrition, they promote the 800 gram challenge, which I think is fantastic. It's super simple. I think EC, when she pairs it with protein, calls it lazy macros. So that's one way, you know, we could count calories, we could do macros, we could do estimations where we're talking about eyeballing food and, you know, hand estimations and plate method and all those things. But I think just let's just leave it at there are plenty of ways to look at quantity and most of them revolve around either weight or they revolve around portion size. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's going to be different. You can't just, you can't give everyone the same portion size. And that's a neat thing about working with a nutrition coach is figuring out what your body handles or how your body reacts to changes. Yeah. And then I think along with quantity too, because I think people can get super, you know, like when you're tracking macros, some yeah. people go ballistic and they, <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> 
You didn't even mean to do that. I didn't even mean to. It was an accident. But some people go crazy and they're tracking everything from every single gram of fiber, like all the way down to, you know, vitamins and minerals. And we don't need to do that, right? Or at least most people do not. The general, the majority of the population does not. But you can even take it even further and just say, hey, when we're talking quantity, we're really mostly concerned with fruits and vegetables and protein. Because that's going to comprise pretty much all of your carbohydrates, all of your protein, and then like... In some proteins, there's already some fat included in there, and we're just trying to make it really simple for people, you know, to to figure this out. But yes, fat's important. However, if you focus primarily on protein and fruits and vegetables, you'll probably be okay, or at least significantly better than what the majority of people are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why do you think people struggle to manage the quality and quantity of their foods? Oh boy, I think there's all kinds of factors. Um, the biggest one I think is that processed refined carbohydrates are everywhere. Yeah. Like they're everywhere. Everybody is eating them. They're in every grocery store. They're the bulk of the foods that are in the grocery store. And it's just become like societal norm. Like in our culture, everyone is eating these foods. Excuse me. And so it becomes a matter of they're in every household. It's just a, a like a way of life. It's just commonplace. Um, I think another thing is convenience, right? A lot of these foods have long expiration dates. Like they can sit on your shelf for a long time. They're already prepped and ready to go, meaning you can eat them without any preparation. And, you know, along with that, because of everything that's in them due to the the processing and all these things, it becomes addictive because there's added sugars. And we know that people can get addicted to carbohydrate. And that that fat carb combo that we've talked about, I think on a previous podcast or at least on a previous Instagram post, like that's like that's the end all be all. You just can't stop. It's like when you're eating think cheese and crackers. If I'm sitting there eating cheese and crackers, I can pound cheese and crackers <laughs> for like all four hours of the football game. Yeah, that's how I am with like nuts though too. Well, for, yeah, but for the, another example, right? Those are yeah, exactly another example. So I think that's another thing. I think people are literally addicted to processed refined carbohydrate, and I'm not just talking about like you know, grains and chips and crackers and all these things. I'm talking about like fast food too. You know, people are addicted to like Chick-fil-A and yeah. and um, Chipotle and all these places, but they're getting the wrong types of foods. Yes, you can kind of manipulate Chipotle and make it semi-healthy, but if you're going in there and just getting a burrito and you're getting the chips and the guac on the side, right, you're addicted to some of these processed refined carbohydrates. Yeah, Absolutely. And then I think along with that too is maybe I'm starting a, I'm trying to give you an example here. Maybe I'm starting a new nutritional regimen. I'm trying to watch the quality and quantity of foods I'm eating. And we know that nutrition is not a, you know, instantaneous results driven process. It takes time. It takes patience. And maybe after a couple of weeks, I'm not really seeing those results. And my whole, I want it now attitude takes over and I just say, screw it. And then I'm back on the wagon and now I'm back to eating that processed refined carbs because I didn't wait. I wasn't patient enough to see the results or maybe I just no longer could make it work with my schedule because I quote unquote don't have time. Mm-hmm. So I think those are a lot of the the reasons that, that folks struggle. I don't know if you have any to add there. I don't think so. I definitely agree with all of this. Cool. Um, so moving on, what are the additional factors which impact nutrition related outcomes in your opinion? So we're going back to what EC said, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I had mentioned before, EC had said, you know, there's really only two that impact nutrition. 
but there are five total, at least in her mind, that influence overall health. So now we're kind of going broader here. Mm -hmm. But those additional three are going to be exercise, sleep, and stress. These are the ones that EC outlined. And they're very similar to Ben Bergeron's five factors of health when you look at the two side by side. And, you know, when you look at that and say, okay, each one of these directly influences health and not only that but they each each single factor also influences those three outcomes that we talked about in the beginning body composition health and performance right mm -hmm. like if you're if we're adding these into the conversation now if you're not exercising that will impact your body composition that will impact your health that will impact your performance and the same goes for sleep and stress so it's really easy to see especially in the visual that ec used how these things are all interrelated and how they work as a whole. And so now I think what where we're going to add our two cents in here is that, yes, we agree with the majority of what EC said, and we agree with the majority of what Ben Bergeron's five factors of health are, because I'm sort of grouping these together yeah. now. I think, at least in our opinion, I think there's six factors total, and we're going to kind of rearrange them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say these are in order of importance, but... There, these are the six that I that we believe matter most. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is instead of saying quality of food and quantity of food as two separate categories, we're going to group them together. So we're just going to say, hey, guys, number one thing is quality and quantity of foods. So we'll stick with the second thing, right? We'll say exercise. We'll stick with sleep and we'll stick with stress. And then what we're going to do now is add on our final two and for us, two additional factors that we think folks need to consider are number one, their relationships, and number two, their career. And yep. we'll get into the details here, but uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. So cool. starting kind of with relationships, why do, we, why do we think we have to incorporate this into the six factors? So with relationships, number one, they have a significant impact on our mental health. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether you are a lone wolf and you think you can do it all by yourself or not. Relationships impact your psychological health. They're going to impact how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. They're going to impact the amount of support you feel, the the emotional stability, the men or the camaraderie, excuse me. All these things are going to be influenced by the relationships that you have. Mm -hmm. And so I don't care if you don't think you need them, you need them. And like I had just mentioned, it leads to all sorts of other things that are incredible and that make us feel better and help us also make other people feel better, like accountability, support, guidance, condolences, all of these things. You know, like Ben Bergeron always says about these emotional deposits or deposits in your emotional piggy bank. I forget which way he phrases it exactly. But that's what relationships are. Relationships fill us up. And then, you know, through that same relationship, we're filling someone else up. So relationships and building those connections with people are really important. Yeah. And I think you and I can both attest to this. We both have groups of friends that are very close or we're very close to our families. And those those connections, like, keep us going. They're, our, they're part of our entire, you know, framework of health. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, exactly what you said. I think it, I think it just, it's... It has a huge, um, what's the word? Play? No. Influence? Influence. Yes. Influence on your overall health. Yeah. Awesome. And I think, well, maybe we'll get into this later too, but there, are def there have definitely been times, at least in my life, where maybe I haven't done a great job of maintaining those relationships or investing in those relationships. And 
it clearly then reflects on me as an individual and, and my health for sure, mm -hmm. because I'm no longer in as great of a mental state. I feel, I feel lonely. I feel withdrawn and all, and all these other factors that can be associated with isolation. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So going on to our sixth factor with career. Yeah, we, we put career in here for really one, well, maybe two reasons. Number one, we basically live to work. We wrote about this in a blog post. Yeah. And I'm not saying that work is the number one priority. No one come back at me and say that. What I'm saying is we spend the bulk of our life working. Mm -hmm. It's like, I forget, we did the math in this post. It was over 60%. Yeah. And even more than that, if you'd work more than 40 hours a week, which most people do now. Mm -hmm. So we spend way more than half our life working. And if we're doing something that we hate every single day of our life, you can't tell me that that doesn't impact our psychological state, our physical state. You can't tell me that it doesn't then bleed into, you know, how am I sleeping? What are my stress levels? Uh, do I have time to exercise? You know, do I have time to prep quality food? It leaks into everything because it's, we spend so much of our time there. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we address that and, and basically just say it's as simple as making sure that we enjoy what we're doing for a line of work, what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And I think really to, to kind of put in a bow on this whole thing, because it's going to be a little bit of a shorter conversation today. And then obviously, Ash, jump in anytime you want to throw something in here is, you know, when we're talking about health, because that's now where the conversation is going. We start gone, gone. It's now <laughs> that's where the one of my words. Yeah, that's one of Ash's, <laughs> Ash's words. She drankens a lot. She gones, all these weird things. But where the conversation has led is to overall health. We started with nutrition and now we're talking health. And it has to be a comprehensive approach. All six of these factors need to be addressed when we're trying to improve an individual's quality of life we can't just pick one or the other yes obviously if we adjust quality and quantity of food and get someone involved in exercise those two things alone will drastically improve their health which will then improve quality of life most likely mm -hmm. however if we don't talk about sleep we don't talk about stress relationships careers all of that can easily overtake that one hour of exercise you're doing in the day and that quality food that you're now consuming. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you've got to be on all of them. And I, so I think what we should do is just quickly outline each one. Just do like bullet style, mm -hmm. give the factor and give basically what you're looking for or what we're looking for when we work with clients and then we'll cap it off there, you know, at the end. Yeah. So starting kind of with quality slash quantity of food. What are your thoughts? So I think for us at Ballistic Performance, it's as easy as eat real nutrient-dense foods, right? That's yep. it in terms of quality. And then in terms of quantity, like EC says, you could do lazy macros where we're just really looking at protein and carbohydrate and letting the rest fall into play. Or what we do with most of our clients or what you do with most of the clients in nutrition, we can look at quality of food and then handle it handle the quantity in terms of like plate method or mm -hmm. estimations and making it more digestible for those people. Yeah. It's really at ballistic performance. We truly believe in finding out where you're at and again, making it as simple as possible. If you want to go right to macros, great. If that freaks you out and there's absolutely no way you're going to do that, 
that is totally okay. We'll do the plate method or eyeball or just focus on quality for a little while. Yeah. It just depends. Because I think not to go off too far on a tangent, but if you focus 100% on quality, I'll tell you what, you're not going to be able to eat an entire plate (laughs) of freaking broccoli. You're going to be full. (laughs) Yeah. And that's going to stop you from eating the rest of the junk that you have in your pantry. Yeah. Seriously, though. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you eat a 12-ounce steak and some veggies, you're going to quickly realize that day that was too much. And then the (laughs) next day, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I should probably eat six ounces of steak and more veggies. Yeah. And I'll feel better. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's quality and quantity of food. In terms of exercise, that you can get super specific and say everyone is different and there's a specific prescription for everyone. And it depends on the intensity and, and all these things. But I think as a broad net to kind of catch as many people as possible, we want you to train somewhere between four and six times a week, right? Four would be for the less experienced folks, younger training ages, et cetera. And maybe six is for those people who have been working out for a really long time. Maybe they're training at more moderate intensities versus high intensity. But two things with that. Number one, you just need to move. Yeah. And number two, it's okay to take rest days. Yes. Awesome. Uh, what's next? Uh, what about sleep? What um, do we recommend for, for that? For sleep, I don't, I, every time I talk about sleep, I immediately think of the people who come to us and they're like, well, I only sleep like three or four hours a night. Yeah. And I immediately just want to smack them. Yeah. Because I don't care if you're a night owl or you're some wizard program, like tech person, and you're just up all night doing like crazy matrix shit. You need to sleep. I don't care if you sleep during the day like you're a night shift worker, but you need to sleep. Your body, it's, it is crazy what sleep can do to your body and how it can impact your body. So we're saying seven to nine hours. Minimum of seven. Yeah. Ideally nine. Now, nine is not realistic for most people, especially folks who have families and other obligations. But hey, get your ass in bed and get seven. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, going on to stress, what do you think about that? So I think stress is, it's hard to, to talk about in a, in a macro sense for, you know, at yeah. scale for the whole population, but cause everyone's going to be different. Everyone has different circumstances and, and different situations going on in their life, but you have to address it and you have to find a way to manage it. You know, yeah. the, it, I don't. I don't know the I don't have the answer to tell you like hey you need to do you know meditation or hey you need to engage in more physical activity or you need to do a daily devotional or what you know fill in the blank mm-hmm. but it needs to be handled because too much stress is obviously a bad thing. We do need some positive psychological stress in our life that I believe it's called you stress, right? Yeah. We haven't talked about this since grad school, but you <laughs> you stress is positive, you need it. However, you need to get your stress under control. And that a lot of that is just psychological and, and it goes way beyond our scope. So I don't want to dive into it too, too far. Yeah. It's just figuring out what works for you. Yeah, exactly. And sticking with it. Yeah. Uh, so with relationships, what do we recommend with that? Um, just develop a support system. Yeah. Invest in other people. And obviously they will invest in you. Mm-hmm. And find that core group of people that are going to be your your people yeah find that group who is like-minded who is pursuing similar things as you and that will help you grow that have that growth mindset that are willing to be your accountability and support that are willing to push you in the right direction and that you're also willing to push in the right direction right there's that quote out there that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with yeah that's a hundred percent true if you're spending your time with shitheads who don't want to do anything with their life 
you're going to become a shithead who doesn't want to do anything with his life or, or her life. And you're not going to achieve the goals that you are setting out to achieve. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Sometimes you've got to dump a loser friend. <laughs> Thank goodness that I spend 24-7 with you. Oh, God. <laughs> I might need to add four other people into my life. <laughs> Rude. Uh, anything else with relationships? I think we're good on relationships. Let's just okay. cap it off with career. Yeah. Simple. Right? Career is simple, guys. You got to do what you love. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. You need to pay the bills. You need a job that supports your lifestyle. But sometimes you need to change your damn lifestyle so that the job that you truly want to do supports that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to just completely cut ties and go a whole different route. Sometimes you might have to work for free to get into the field that you want to actually pursue. But this isn't our parents' generation anymore, right? This isn't this isn't 1980 where we're graduating and getting a job and working for the next 30 to 40 years before we retire. There are so many opportunities out there, especially because of the, you know, the whole explosion of the internet and all the tech that's associated with it. But in 2020, there is no reason to do something you hate. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's no reason. And yes, again, I understand there are financial obligations. People have families to support all these things. I'm not saying to go quit your job because you hate it and now you have no way to pay the bills. I'm just saying you need to start to consider these things, right? Do you really want to wake up for the next 60 years and hate every day and count down to the weekend and celebrate the weekend and then restart the process all over again? Wouldn't you rather do something that fills you up and that you enjoy and that is rewarding and that can impact others? Yeah. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Come on. Holy cow. All right. All right. So I think we covered... All six of those. Mm -hmm. And then I thought what we could do here at the end, I don't know if you actually got this far in the outline that I, that I showed you, but we're going to now talk and give people an idea of how we handle each of these six factors. Oh or, boy, I did read this. I just didn't know what you meant. Or <laughs> how we do, or how we need to improve our efforts towards handling these things. Oh boy. <laughs> I think sometimes, and we just talked about this a couple days ago, some folks, I think, look at us like, you're just the happiest, like, most motivating, dialed in, like, person. Like, you are just like, you're my inspiration. And it's a matter of, like, number one, when you're in the gym, you're making your, you're a bigger version of yourself. You're being the light, as you would say. Right? <laughs> That's for, my goal. Yeah, you're being the light for people. But, you know, behind that, that performance, so to speak... Not that you're being fake, but there's obviously a little bit of like inflation to your personality when we're in the gym. There's real people who struggle with real things mm -hmm. who need to improve in some areas. And so I thought we could just share like our sort of life. Yeah. Cool. So the first thing is quality and quantity of food. I think we do a pretty good job of this one. We have it more or less dialed in. Yeah. Why don't you go first in terms of are you eating quality food or what are the types of quality foods that you eat? Yeah. And then how do you handle the quantity side? So with quality, I basically just don't eat packaged food. I, for the most part, eat whole uh, nutrient-dense. Yeah, whole nutrient-dense food. I eat a ton of veggies, lots of fruit, lots of meat, and uh, what else? Like nuts and seeds. Exactly what we said at the beginning. And then in regards to quantity... 
sometimes I'd say like 90% of the time I go through phases right now 90% of the time I track my macros sometimes Saturday Sunday roll, rolls around and I know I'm going uh out to dinner then I won't track um but there's other times in my life where if I track macros I just feel more stress added so I actually won't do it yeah. but right now for the most part I track macros cool and then what about with you on the quant on the quality side, I think we're the same. Yeah, I eat pretty much the the majority of the food I eat is unprocessed. It's real nutrient dense food. It's foods that you can get on the perimeter of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, plus peanut butter. I was gonna say yes. I eat peanut butter. <laughs> like I do eat some. I actually eat cereal post workout just for like some quick high glycemic carbohydrate. But for the most part, I eat real food. Now on the quantity side, that's where you and I differ a lot. Yeah. And I haven't tracked my macros or weighed and measured my food <laughs> since 2013. Besides a week that I like asked him to, and obviously it was one week long, and he didn't stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let me let me go back a little bit. I did the zone, which for those of you out there that have been in the CrossFit world for a while, you know what the zone is. It's just a different way to count macros, and I did the zone for almost two years straight, like pretty strict. And yes, I had meals where I went out and didn't track it and didn't, you know, put it through the zone calculator, so to speak. But I was weighing and measuring my food a lot. In college, I was weighing and measuring my food every time I did a a bodybuilding competition. So I just got burnout on it. Mm -hmm. And what went from being like what I think initially was going to be a short break turned into (laughs) seven years of not (laughs) weighing and measuring food. But for me, weighing and measuring my food is a hassle. And that's just a mental, like that's a mentality I have. And for me, because I understand what the quantities should look like, I can pretty much make that happen on a plate. You know, like I'll measure my protein pretty much like every night for dinner. Maybe I'll weigh my meat. But then other than that, like I know that half my plate should be veggies. I know that maybe a quarter of it has some (laughs) starch in it. Even if I force you. (laughs) Even if I'm forced. But that's how I handle quantity. It's more eyeballing and plate method. Mm -hmm. Perfect. What about exercise? All right. I'll start and then we'll bounce back to you. Yeah. Uh, so exercise, obviously, we both do CrossFit. Or actually, I haven't even done true CrossFit <laughs> for a while. Say. I've been doing more of, a, uh, you know, at Elite Wellness, it's called FID, Functional Interval Training. And it's very specific work-to-rest ratio-based um, strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that now for almost nine months, practically since I moved here. Yeah. And uh, it works really well for me. But let's just group it under, I do high-intensity interval training four to six times a week. Yeah. And then I typically do CrossFit anywhere between four to six times a week, depending on how my body feels. And when you say CrossFit, you follow one workout per day, at least right now, for the most part. Right now, yes. Yeah, (laughs) unless we're trying to get prepped for some kind of competition. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, uh, okay, sticking with you now, we'll keep doing this like snake method. Sleep. Sleep. Oh, I love sleep. (laughs) And I hate sleep, so we're polar opposites. Well... I no, I love sleeping at night. You know, I hate naps. <laughs> I love naps. <laughs> so we're still polar opposites. But anyways, with sleep, I that is like one of my top priorities. I am rarely ever getting less than seven hours of sleep per night. Uh, I try to get between eight and nine. So I. And so what does that look like? What time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? I literally go to bed at 8 p.m. For the most part, that's my goal. And then I. 
Right now, I mean, my schedule is pretty nice. Like I'm up probably around 5 a.m. Right. So I think, but I wanted to say that because everybody looks at us like we have seven heads when we say we're in bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. But it's because number one, we're trying to get the appropriate amount of sleep. And two, we're waking up significantly earlier than most of y'all. So yeah. Ash is going to bed at eight and so am I. She's getting up at, what'd you say, five. Mm-hmm. If I have to open the gym, I'm getting up at three. Yeah. And so it's literally impossible for us to get a, a an adequate amount of sleep if we go to bed later than that. Yeah. And because we're so used to that, we just kind of stick with that eight to nine PM. Yeah. But I think people make excuses like yeah. or they'll they'll stay up to watch the game or, you know, to whatever shows on TV or they'll say that, you know, they've got to do something else at night. And it's like, no. Yeah, you like, just have to make it a priority. Arrange your schedule. Yes, make it a priority. Figure it out with the kids. Figure it out with your TV show. TiVo the damn thing. <laughs> TV show. And, you know, get your ass in bed. Yeah. Uh, what about with your sleep habits? Uh, or I guess I not mean, sleep habits, but is it pretty yeah, much the same? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty much the same, right? Yeah. We go to bed. At, but you, know what I, you know what I realized? We're, we're definitely not that couple that's like, uh, honey, I'm going to bed and you go to bed and then I like stay out on the couch and drink a beer and watch TV until two in the morning like, or, you know, until like midnight. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of couples do that. They're like someone, one of them will go to bed yeah. and the other is kind of like, all right, you're like, uh, you know, no, I, I like uh, cuddling. <laughs> but did you ever notice that? Like yeah. we always, it's like, hey, I'm going to bed and I'm like, oh, okay, me yeah. too. Then like I take 10 hours to brush my teeth and then I come back into bed. But, but yeah, like, yeah, for the most part. Anyway, we're getting off on a tangent. <laughs> okay. With stress, you go first. Okay. So uh, like we said, everybody's different. I'm very good at compartmentalizing and managing stress. So I don't know what it is if I just don't have a, if I'm soulless, I don't have a heart <laughs> and I just like don't have the empathy and the the feelings, so to speak, to like be overwhelmed by anything. But I don't know what it is. I just, I'm very analytical. I think that's what it is. I think I'm very oh. organized and analytical. So when something happens, I immediately just try to develop a plan or an approach <laughs> and look at it very pl- like problematic. Like, okay, X oh. happened. And now, you know, Y and Z are the solution or whatever. Yes. Yes. That's a great way. So that's how I approach it. I immediately just assess the situation and tell myself, all right, it already happened. I need to now do these few things or I need to do this next thing in order to make it better or in order to resolve the situation or to get rid of the stress. So that's pretty much how I handle stress. Like, and I, I don't know. I, I just don't really, I don't need to break it up into like, work versus life versus, you know, whatever. I just kind of look at the whole thing. I think a big part of my stress too is like my faith. So I will pray a lot. Like in the morning, I will make that kind of my my time to put my burdens like on God because he's willing to take them. So I think that that helps me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone that knows me, knows I'm literally the polar opposite of what Derek just said. Uh, I am really bad at handling stress, and I'm laughing right now on this podcast. She's laughing so she doesn't cry. Yeah, seriously, though. Like, right now, I am... Something is going on. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I definitely feel a high amount of stress, and... So I'm trying to just figure out 
what works best for me. Exactly what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. I'm trying things like meditation. I'm trying things like journaling. Um, she tried to do massages, but I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like bought her. <laughs> I bought her a uh, a hypervolt for that exact reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, if you are dealing with a lot of stress, you are not alone. If you don't know how to cope with it, again, you're not alone. And I think a lot of it just has to do with my personality too. Like, I'm not saying Derek is uncaring. She thinks I'm a robot. No, I don't. But I'm just saying that a lot of the times I just get emotionally invested. And I think that can add a lot of the stress and be hard to yeah, you cope have the, with. You have the biggest heart of any human I've ever met. <laughs> so that's why you're just so you're such a good human that it's hard for you not to just shut it off. Well, thanks, babe. <laughs> no problem. No problem, babe. Going on to the next <laughs> Going on to the next thing. So with relationships, what do you do? Okay, so relationships for me are, again, really simple. I have five best friends that I would never trade for the world. And if the if they're out there listening, Tyler, Jordan, Mario, Braden. Oh, maybe I'm the fifth. Did I miss somebody? Tyler, Jordan, Mario, Braden, me. Well, I'm talking about like the group... She just whispered to me somebody else's name, but I'm talking about the group yeah. I went to like high school with, have grown up with. Yes, I have some other people like John, who was just in the last podcast. He like very close friend, great mentor. But I'm just thinking of that core group, like the guys who are literally going to be standing up next to me at my wedding. Yeah, like those are my dudes. They have been my best friends since junior year of high school. Like I have always said this, and I don't know if this sounds bad saying it, like for the world to hear now, but like. I don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I have you and I have those guys. And yes, there are some other people that are And your family. And my family, right. But, and I have some other people that I'm really close with that are my great friends. But if I'm being super honest, because we talked about like this, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Like I don't necessarily get to see them, but I talk to them a lot. And like, that's my crew. Mm-hmm. So, and like that crew of people Plus those other folks who maybe are just like just on the cusp, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I have a few other friends that are right there. They're really important to me. And those are the relationships I maintain. And I'll make the effort to do so. But other than that, like you can't invest yourself in too broad of a pool of people. Yeah. You can't truly have a real meaningful relationship, in my opinion, with more than like a handful of folks. Yeah. If you're sitting there telling me that you have 30 best friends, like I'm calling bullshit. You don't have 30 best friends. You have five best friends. Mm -hmm. And then you have 25 acquaintances or you have 25 like quote unquote work friends, right? Like people who you see that you can catch up with and life's great, but they're not like, you're not talking to them on a day-to-day basis. You're not telling them about how you uh, like are going to ask this girl to marry you. You're not talking to them about how you're going to buy a house or, you know, all these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's how I handle it. I have my family, like, number one, I have my faith. I have my relationship with God. Number two, I have my relationship with you. <laughs> Three, I have my relationship with my family. And then four are my bros. Yep. Okay, that's how great. about you? Uh, Honestly, I think it's just pretty similar to what you said. I just make sure that my closest friends, and I feel really lucky that this is the 
case with me, but they just lift me up. Are you going to name names like I did? Because now I feel no. like I dug myself a hole. I shouldn't have said names. <laughs> it's okay. If you're out there listening, you're still my friend. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, well, I don't have kind of that group that I grew up with. That's why. Um, but yeah, I just make sure that I'm surrounded but with positive, like-minded individuals. If someone's negative or bringing me down in any way, it's not worth it. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's a good point too. You just mentioned, or at least it made me think of it is those relationships that I mentioned too. It's not like those just come, like they come naturally, but I got to put in work too. Like, yeah, I'm just terrible. Like with remembering shit, you can attest to it. Like yeah. I literally have to put like, Hey, phone call. my birthday once. in my calendar. I have to, we weren't even dating at the time. <laughs> this is a whole separate can of worms, Go ahead. <laughs> but I have to put phone call with Tyler in my calendar. I have yeah. to put like call Braden and check on new house. Like I have to put these things in there because even though they're important, like life is crazy. Like yeah. we have our own business. We're working full time somewhere like you, but you've got to figure out a way to make time, even if that means putting it in your calendar. Yeah, absolutely. So lastly, what about with career? Okay. Well, career, obviously we both work at Elite Wellness and obviously we launched Ballistic Performance. So we're super passionate about health and fitness. Yeah. About working help, with people. About helping people. Yeah. And I mean, I think that really, that's it for both of us. We yeah. want to help or impact as many people as possible and do it through fitness and nutrition. And we enjoy what we do. Like we launch ballistic because we enjoy it because yeah, we want to be able to impact and touch more people. Yeah, exactly. We want to have more impact rather than just through brick and mortar. So, mm -hmm. you know, in regards to strictly ballistic performance, we're doing this because we're a hundred percent passionate about it. We're recording podcasts on Sunday afternoon when all we want to do is nap <laughs> because we want to help you guys and we want to be able to reach you guys. You know, we're working four hours or five hours after we leave Elite Wellness because we want to build this to be as as big and successful and have as broad of reach as possible. Yeah. Cool. I think that capped it off. Absolutely. No better way to end the podcast than that. That was like <laughs> super motivating shit. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I hope that discussion, not only did it enlighten you in regards to nutrition and what you really should be focusing on, which is just quality and quantity of food, but also your overall health, what you really need to look at, why you need to keep in mind your quantity and quality of food, why you need to address exercise, sleep, stress, careers, and relationships everything that we discussed. And I hope that you realize we are just normal humans like you guys and that we have our problems as well and we have our struggles, but we're working through it and we're helping you guys in the process. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Get on there, check out our videos, but follow us on all those platforms, guys. We appreciate you listening so much. It means the world to us and uh, we can't wait to chat with you next time. We'll see you then. Bye.